What's up, guys? Welcome to episode two of the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. This week is has just been fun. I'm telling you, Rusty. It's, uh, last week was a lot of fun. You know, we uh, this podcast. My view for this podcast is is just to encapsulate what me and you talk about on the phone <laughs> every week. You know, it seems like every Tuesday or Wednesday we'll get on the phone and uh, I'll just eviscerate you. <laughs> and that's that's what uh that's what i enjoyed about last week now last week we were feeling it out and uh this week we feel a little bit more comfortable like i told you at the end of last week's podcast i i hope and pray that that was the worst podcast we ever do <laughs> yeah I, you know like i said man i think one day when we're the the next bar stool and day four us asking four pointers we're gonna look back at the first podcast and say man that was terrible <laughs> you know i'm not the biggest barstool guy uh they they've kind of got a texas a&m cult <laughs> following you know they're, yeah. they're they're very very vocal online and they like to they're, they're very much uh firing pitchforks anybody mm-hmm. who isn't the barstool guy mm-hmm. you know sure. i'm not a, i'm not just the hugest fan i, I like part of my take occasionally mm-hmm. you know uh, yeah. I listen to it on Mondays. Yeah, on, mo- on Mondays, I like listening to football previews. Mm-hmm. But I got a huge kick. I don't know if you've seen this or not. Uh, Barstool had their own basketball tournament. The little uh, jamboree. Uh, type Watching them get up there, Big Cat, get up there and sing the national anthem <laughs> in a full-on suit for a basketball <laughs> game was hysterical. Now – uh, there, there are purists out there that, um, you know, there are people that are going to say like, you know, it's the anthem, take it seriously, and I get that. I'm a patriot. I like to do, I like to take that stuff seriously. But I mean, come on, we're in an inter- that's an entertainment business. So let's yeah. be entertained. I thought it was hilarious, but I, yeah, I thought it was great. And you know, they made uh, Mississippi State Akron interesting playing for the over, uh, which mm. was just short, but it was a I did see that. sequence. You uh, know, that, that was something Musburger made famous back in the day. Musburger and and uh, Boomer, you know, mm-hmm. making these discreet picks on uh, on live television because mm-hmm. gambling was not legal, nope. and so <laughs> Boomer wouldn't like do the previews and do his picks for the next week and it would be three to two Chicago over uh over uh Green Bay and what he was really telling you was take the under you knew it because he was like three and two that's not really going to happen unless it's a Mississippi State over a game right it was it was genius and it was mm-hmm. I was too young and naive and didn't know anything about gambling at the time to understand it Mm-hmm. But going back and looking at it, just yeah. genius. Because, you know, Drew, sports are a ton of fun, and it's always fun to watch good teams. And good teams win games, but great teams cover. And you know what? It's not something that I realized until I was older, but you can take any crap matchup, yeah, put a little money on it, Absolutely. and I'm in. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I've realized makes Maction so fun. Yeah, and the fun belt, man. <laughs> yeah. You get that Wednesday night Central Michigan versus Eastern Michigan matchup. In a foot of snow. <laughs> yeah, and, and you are just playing for points, let me tell you. <laughs> that's it, man. That's the only connection there. And 
you know, it's, it's fun. It makes it interesting too, you know, just watching games like that. And then, it, you know, it's always fun to see how the line changes with uh, like, for instance, the Buffalo game this weekend, you know, they're calling for 70 inches of snow in Buffalo, which Drew, you would never be able to go outside. We lose you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or <laughs> it, I'm the perfect player to have carrying the ball in six feet of snow. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't even see a helmet. It'd be like a mole <laughs> running through your yard. <laughs> exactly. And, and, sh- and shame on the NFL for moving yeah. that game. I mean, come shame. on. It's a snowball. Listen, I know player safety is a big deal. I don't know that there's anything safer than slowing down the speed of runners <laughs> by putting six foot of snow on the ground. And there's always a chance when a sloppy game in the snow like that that you're going to get a big guy touchdown and a big guy touchdown, oh, yeah. including a massive snow angel. Right, right. You're absolutely right. It's like, uh, does Marcel Darius still play for the uh, the Bills? That's sure, the guy that would have gotten the touchdown. Yeah, exactly. Or some big, some big like Midwestern, like Iowa graduate center or nose tackle that's just wearing yeah. like rubber elbow pads and gloves, no, no long sleeve, and just like uh-huh. belly flops. Tough guy. No tough Absolutely, guy. big tough guy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, shame on them. And and I was getting ready to pick their opponent. Who? Shoot, I've just went blank. Who are the Bills playing? Uh, the Browns. The Browns. I was going to put big money on the Browns because you know they're going to be wearing their road white uniforms. Absolutely. Camouflage. Absolutely. And, you know, a fun fun little little tidbit for you, Drew. The last time a Buffalo Bills game – yeah, Buffalo Bills game got moved because of snow was against the Indianapolis Colts. And you know who the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts in that game was? What year? I saw it earlier. It was was a post-Manning? Yes. If it's pre-Manning, I'm out. No, it wasn't pre-Manning. Shout out uh, Patrick Jones. He probably knows this answer as well. Um, Give uh, me a there's, hint. A, there's, an, there's an angle here, isn't there? There is. He would be starting <laughs> something. It's Jacoby Brissett. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby yeah. Brissett. How about that? <laughs> yeah. And see, maybe, maybe he's the culprit. If both times it snows in Buffalo, Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback, mm-hmm. he's the one. He's the one that's saying, I can't do it, Coach. I'd rather play in Detroit. Yeah, bring Deshaun Watson back a week early. Like, I know that's not PC, but let him play and let us play in the snow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Here we are getting canceled. He likes playing with six inches. We're getting getting canceled episode two. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to – we want to focus on some other sports this week, but we're going to hit the League of Avengers first. Okay, we're going to hit some uh, real quick, do some Drewskis. We'll update the standings, update the playoff brackets, give quick thoughts about next week's matchups, and then we're going to get into some other sports that we love. Um, Let's see. While I pull this up, Rusty, uh, take over for one second. You know, Drew, I'm sitting here thinking, man, like, uh, you're, you're a music guy, right? We've got a lot of music guys in our league, and I'm sure some music guys listen to this. You know, Nathaniel Ratliff is one of my favorite. Ratliff, Ratliff is one of my favorite. Uh, Ratliff. Ratliff, mm-hmm. sorry. One of my favorite artists. You know, you you bear a striking resemblance to him. Short, fluffy, 
hairy man. I've I've been called much worse. No, it's the beard, man. You got the beard, you know. Well, I said hairy. I mean, it. Yeah. You I know. saw him, I saw him in Charleston this summer, and that was one of the better live shows. He didn't really say much. He didn't introduce his band. They just played for like an hour and a half. Zach Bryan opened, and they were the headliners, and it was a phenomenal concert. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, our buddy Zach has seen him uh, a couple of times, I believe. Puts on a great show. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into Drewski's. Uh, competitive week for the most part this week in uh, the League of Avengers. Um, the uh, let's pull up the scoreboard here. Uh, the first award, as we do every week, at least for right now, first award we give is commemorating Buddy Stevens, head coach of the East Mississippi Lions. The great, uh, the great who, uh, if you don't know him, he is he is famous for just beating the brakes off of people <laughs> because back in the day in the junior college ranks, there were always several teams that were 10 and 0 going into the playoffs and they don't do a tournament or a playoff system like the NFL. So it was always on point differential or how many points you scored. And so they would just mercilessly beat the brakes off of everybody. And the team that beat the absolute dog crap out of their opponent this week was Mr. Zach Jones. Zach Jones of Kingpin Henry. Uh, He put up a score of 138.74. Now, that's a good week. And like I said last week, to get a Buddy Stevens Award, you need to have a good week. Mm. But you have to have your opponent. (laughs) crap the bed and that's just what his cousin <laughs> one andrew farrell of team bet you can't guess his name team farrell, farrell home and a paltry abominable 76.14 points and that resulted in a defeat by math carried the one na na 62 points <laughs> <laughs> 62 points. Team Farrell's leading scorer was one Kirk Cousins, the swag father himself. Kirk Scheisty. Kirk Scheisty. Devontae Smith had 13.9. was pretty good for a for a flex option, uh, not to be your second score, high score of the day. Uh, and Kingpin Henry, who obviously, uh, I, I'm j- judging based on the name. Uh, he has Derrick Henry, correct? I believe so. Uh, no, he does no. not. Uh, no. Uh, no. Uh, Kingpin Henry, his leading scorer was Justin Jefferson, who was absolutely incredible. Did you see his catch he made uh, on fourth and 18 for the yeah. Vikings? That made OBJ's catch look like a walk in the park, man. Unbelievable catch. I mean, it was magnificent if you yeah. haven't gotten on twitter and seen the video of the call of the play-by-play announcer for the minnesota vikings calling Incredible. that absolute classic of a game mm-hmm. uh if you didn't see it fourth and 18 justin jefferson snagged the ball that was just improbable at best that anyone would ever catch it it was overthrown by eight to ten yards easy yeah. it was odell's catch if there was a defender behind odell that once he caught it he then ripped it out of the arms of the defender mm-hmm. and went down and they scored and they uh, 
they were down and then they missed it on fourth down, right? Mm-hmm. The next possession. They're short on fourth and goal um, from the one. And Buffalo takes over. And all they had to do is get it out of the end zone and take a knee and it's over. Absolutely. And they botch the snap. Mm-hmm. And the defensive lineman falls on it in the end zone to force it to go to overtime. Yep. Just an absolute classic. And, and Michael's in overtime. I mean, just can't you can't make that up, man. And and no one benefited more than Zach Jones out of that. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh twenty-four points from Diggs. That matchup, that was a uh he had both receivers in that matchup, Justin yeah. Jefferson and Stefan Diggs, and he got sixty points out of it between the two of them. Just a massive yeah. And he's riding the hot hand of Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard with 21.8 points. Had a massive day for Dallas. Um, Slowly but surely supplanting Zeke as the star running back there for sure. Right. Right. That's true. And it seems like the only people that don't see it are the Dallas coaching staff. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. The next next award, like I said, we're going to go quickly through these, is the Al Gore Award. Most, Most points in a loss. And boy, this was a nail biter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Commander, uh, I'm sorry, not Commander Steel Curtain. Winter Soldiers put up 141.66 points against Fantastic Three Pete of Hunter Shaw's team. Hunter's team that has just been absolutely on fire since putting Justin Fields in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, he takes the win by less than eight points in a one in a matchup in which both teams scored over 140. Just absolutely incredible. An absolute bad beat for Neasy here. Mm-hmm. I mean, 38 points from C.D. Lamb. It's his best game of the year. Mm-hmm. Just just a killer week and an absolute gut punch. Mm-hmm. He not only scored the most points in a loss, the only team he would not have beaten this week is Hunter. <laughs> yeah. yeah and ironically looking down his scores every single team of the players that he had lost except for the arizona cardinals defense every one of them were in a loss and what stinks is that going into this he he was on the bubble mm-hmm. you know uh last week let's see he was seventh in the standings you know he was uh five uh let's see he was four and five, not out of it, not surely not. He's not in the gutter with me and Woody, <laughs> and wasn't totally out of it. This one, this backbreaker, probably definitely yeah. sealed the deal for his season, though. I mean, it just just a brutal, brutal loss. Hmm. Yeah, tough. Yeah, tough. It's hard. Like you said, it's hard when you would have literally beaten every other team but the team that beats you. That's that's rough, man. Hmm. Right. Yeah, and then the last award of the day, um, we debuted this one last week. Uh, this is going to be the OJ Award, and the one who barely got away with the win this week was Aaron and Trey Zam Debo Grayson. Yeah, I, I just we're going to call him Aaron from now on. Aaron's having a great year, seven and three. Mm-hmm. He beat me by less than three points. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say that sucks, but th- my team, we scored 99 points. 
<laughs> just rough. Last week I I was on the receiving end of of Mr. Buddy Stevens, mm-hmm. and this year this week I just I got in a pillow fight and lost. Mm-hmm. It was bad, 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 bad. Tough year for your boy Justin Herbert, man. Thought that was a good pick, but he's just really struggled this year. Or the offense hadn't been suited to him. One of the two. Well, you know, I was, I was in a situation at the turn there. If we go back to the draft, I had a late pick. You know, out of a twelve-team league, I believe I was pick eleven, and so I really reached. And where I messed up, and when I went for it, I I took the leap. I mean, I'm standing on the cliff, and I'm like, well, there's only one way. I'm going to make it to the other side. I'm going to run, and I'm going to jump as far as I can. I'm going to hope that a couple of these ropes, I can make it. And that if they hold up, I'm going to make it. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the time of my life as I soar like Tarzan across this cliff here and, and hit the water on the other side and just majestic swan dive, okay? Sure. But those two ropes that I pulled that I rest my whole season on, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert and – Wait for it, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> oh boy! And let me tell you, I didn't make. I'm, I'm, I'm dead mangled at the bottom of that cliff. <laughs> let me tell you. We need to pour one out for the homie Kyle Pitts, man. Just uh, in a in a miserable black hole in Atlanta, and like, what they what? He's got Marcus Mariota throwing passes from his back. Like, what's happening? <laughs> I mean, Mar- Mariota made Donnie Walker a, a very good tight end. I thought he was a tight. He he would target him. Yeah. I don't – there's something there. And yeah. um, I don't know if it's a Pitts thing. I don't know if it's a hustle thing. I don't know if it's a scheme thing. Yeah. But that – he's too good to just yeah. be that bad. And Absolutely. and he's been – with the draft capital that he's worth in a just horrible position for fantasy football, top yeah. to bottom. Absolutely. I can't do – you're stuck with just having to play. Like, I can't do yeah. anything – Nobody wants him because for a third round value in which I paid for him, mm-hmm. I can't just. I'm not going to go one for one to get Hawkinson. Like I, I know I should probably just sell at a loss and just get out. Mm-hmm. But man, I'm just I'm gonna keep reaching for that rope. I mean, the potential's there. You know, you snag it, you look like a hero. Otherwise, you'll just ride him to the off season and the bottom of the league. Yep. So. Right now, we'll recap the standings. Uh, the standings uh, moving into first place this week. Um, let's see. And a three-way tie for first uh, is you, Rusty, Fat Drunk, Thor, oh. Saber Moose, and Trey Zam. All three of those teams were tied for first last week, and they held on this week. Rusty has the edge uh, with a one. 1,220 points for uh, just four, less than 40 points behind you is Mutters uh, with Sabermuth, and then about 50 points behind them is Trey Zam. It puts, it's put Aaron in a bad spot yeah. because he needs to keep winning because there's some people on his heels mm-hmm. when it comes to points for that he don't want to share that category with. And there's three teams at six and four, mm-hmm. including – Hunter, I mean, I'm sorry, including Zach and Kingpin Henry, who is on an absolute tear. Five in Just a row, man. Five, five, five in a row. In a row. Uh, the and the fifth, the and the most recent one was the biggest blowout of the week. 
Yeah, he's getting hot at the right time, man. It's all about it's all about getting hot at that right moment, right? You see the Colorado Rockies in uh, the playoffs that year. I think it was 2010, 20, 2008, where they just they swept all the way to the World Series. They weren't supposed to be there. They got to the World Series, and they lost to the Red Sox. But still, they got hot at the right time. We're not talking about the Colorado Rockies on this podcast. <laughs> well, shout out to the Rockies. We said this is a, a a podcast for fans who like Southern sports. Okay, <laughs> that is the most regional sport that we have. If you want to talk Cubs, Braves, and Cardinals, we'll do a segment. We are not talking about the Colorado Rockies. I don't know, man. Charlie Blackman, Southern boy from South Georgia, played Georgia Tech, long flow, big beard. I'll take that all day. All right, next on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what you got next? Oh, we're going to get into some other sports. So, Rusty, you tell me what you want to talk about next. All right, so last week, man, didn't do so hot in my picks when I actually won for four. So, uh, not to get rich picks, but they're the ones to see, like, get by. The only yeah. one that I hit. call it the get even picks this week. Get even picks. That's yeah, I, to- I told you, that <laughs> old Miss and Alabama's got to take the <laughs> under. Let's take the under. Yeah. The only one I hit on, I took the under in the Auburn AM game, and I'm glad I did. That was painful football. Anybody that, that slugged through that, man, you're a better football fan than I am. I, That's uh, why I'm you don't bet under. Even we were talking about earlier, uh, betting on games makes bad games fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But if you're betting the under, I mean, what are you doing? Watching a bad football game and cheering for defense? <laughs> I'd just rather go outside and rake leaves. See, I, that, I bet that game, it was, it was late. It wasn't one I was going to watch. It was when uh, Mississippi State was playing Georgia, and I was just like, you know what, I'm, I, that's a game that I'll take because I'm not going to watch it. I know it's going to be bad football. And Good palate gonna... cleanser to get that yeah. taste out of your mouth. That's it, man. You know, <laughs> hit that buzz saw that is the, uh-huh. uh, the big dogs. <laughs> yeah. Well, What you got this week? Speaking of betting the under, I'm taking the first one. I'm betting an under. I'm not going to watch the game, but it's a, it's a 12 o'clock noon kickoff. Um, TCU Baylor. Both teams are playing good football, but not great football. TCU needs to keep winning. I think they find a way to win this game, but the over-under is 57 and a half. Both of these teams have three solid defenses, and for a 12 o'clock kickoff, I'm taking the under, man. Taking the under. What's the spread? I'm pulling up right now. Um, But we're 57 and a half. The 57 and a half is the total. I think that's an under. Uh, Let me pull it out right here. If that was a spread, that would have been – I'd have I'd been more likely to take that. Uh, Georgia minus 57 and a half last week. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, uh, TCU's – and this is wild, man. So, TCU, number four ranked team in the country. They're undefeated, playing Baylor. Um, Baylor's uh, – they're three and two in their last five. Not playing super great football, but TCU's a two-and-a-half point favorite. Where's it at? Is it at uh, Baylor? It is, yeah, it's at Baylor. Uh, be careful with that Baylor team. Uh, you know, the Big 12 is very much have been known for that mm-hmm. wide open offense, very little defense. Dave Miranda's there now, and I watched that team play in the bowl game against Ole Miss last year, and that sure. defense is good. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, that's why I'm taking the under. Both defenses are good. They're both allowing about 130 yards rushing, less than, you know, 370 yards a game. Uh, and then Baylor last week in Kent against Kansas State laid a big old fat egg, lost 31 to three. Uh, I, just, I don't like a lot of points in this game. I'm taking the under. Okay. Uh, and maybe it's time to start believing TCU. I'm not saying that they're that that they're going to upset anybody in a playoff if they make it, but you've won your big games. 
Yeah. And you've won the games that people kind of pegged against you. I mean, a three-loss Texas team came into town last week, and you just really made them look bad. So maybe it's time. They're not winning pretty, right? They won. They beat Oklahoma State by three. Kansas by Kansas State by ten. Uh, West Virginia by ten. Texas Tech by ten. Texas by seven. Like they're winning, but they're not winning pretty. And so, yeah. you know, great run, baby. Like we can't hit, man. They in the mud. All right, what's your next one? All right, next up, uh, Tennessee, South Carolina. I bet against Tennessee last week. I took Missouri, thinking that uh, they would show up for that game, and they I showed bet, up the first you half. Felt, you felt good after at halftime. I did. I felt great at halftime. Like, well, man, you you man. weren't expecting the Joe Milton show to show up. Oh my God! I mean, you made with like twenty seconds to go. That bomb to the corner over there. What a I throw. was furious because they played CBS at eleven o'clock, and mm-hmm. my Revs played Alabama at two thirty on CBS directly mm-hmm. after, mm-hmm. and Tennessee would not quit scoring and they would not <laughs> would not quit commercial breaks. They pushed the Ole Miss game back. And yeah. finally, they just cut it off. They're just like, fine, we're going to Ole Miss. Like, if you're yeah. going to keep calling timeouts <laughs> on the goal line, right. like 56 to 21, to go <laughs> try to punch it in, then yeah. you're going to just have to see, be there in person to watch it. Listen, I, I learned my lesson. Josh Heupel is on that get us in the playoffs tour. They're playing yeah. at South Carolina. It doesn't matter. The over under 66. This one might be 66 to nothing. Tennessee yeah. covered easily, easily. Mm. Uh, next up, so this one's kind of going to be controversial. We kind of highlighted this earlier off air. Um, Liberty is playing Virginia Tech. Um, the fighting Hugh Freezes is coming off an, what, if you look at it on paper, right? Like, man, this is an ugly loss to a UConn team who's on the rise, man. Jim Mora has them pointing in the right direction. They're winning a lot of good games. I, I don't hate the direction that, 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 that UConn's heading in, but I don't know enough about it to really talk about it. So we're going to move on. The fighting Hugh Freezes are playing. He's he's playing for a job at Auburn. They're looking at him. They you know the SEC has a very short memory. I think they come out. I think they play really well. I think they beat Virginia. Virginia Tech is awful. They just know that they are awful. And yeah, does the loss to UConn last week not show you the distraction though that the possible vacancy at Auburn could have on a team? I don't. I, I don't. I'm with you. Uh, Jim Moore Jr. has done a real good job this year, especially considering he didn't even start the season as a coach. If you remember, Randy Edsel mm-hmm. was the coach to start the year, mm-hmm. and uh, he got fired quick, you know, because mm-hmm. anytime you hire a coach at the same school a second time, mm-hmm. uh, it never turns out well, you know, unless, unless you're Bill Snyder. And I get, I think he could go <laughs> back to Kansas State tomorrow. Yeah, uh, but I think maybe – you know, Liberty has a lot of transfers. You got a lot of guys that are in there because Hugh Freeze is there. Right. He's a name, and yeah. and he's a good football coach. I mean, I watched him for five or six years in Ole Miss. He's a good football coach. His biggest flaw is, is not X's and O's, and it's not yeah. on the field. Yeah. And honestly, if you want to talk about Auburn for a second, outside of Lane Kiffin, because obviously I want <laughs> to back up the Brinks truck and keep Lane and Ole Miss – until he wants to go to the pros because I honestly think there's only two jobs that he he truly desires and I think that's Alabama and that's the NFL, the NFL. Uh, that's if, if you I tell me I really don't if, if you tell me that I'm telling you in six five to six years 
he's not going to be the coach at either of those schools. He's going to be at Alabama or he's going to be in the NFL. And if he takes the Auburn job, he eliminates one of those jobs because he I will really, never be Alabama yeah. coach if he it, goes it, to Auburn. As arrogant as he is, I could see him thinking he could go to Auburn and beat Alabama and then vice versa, but, like, he's not taking that job. I mean, I think he was more likely to take Miami. He's going to stay at Ole Miss until Alabama and the NFL comes open. I agree. But I think Hugh Freeze has a really good shot. Unless Cadillac Williams keeps him on this winning train, <laughs> it's going to be Hugh Freeze. Cadillac Williams needs to lose. Auburn fans need Cadillac to lose. I have – I've seen this movie. Uh, Ole Miss fans got emotional – over an egg bowl win over state and hired Matt Luke, the the homegrown guy, the guy that bleeds red and blue, who loves the university. It never works out. No, it's a train wreck. Mm-hmm. You never hire the interim. Ed Ogeron, he got a title out of it. He caught lightning in a bottle. But we all saw how it ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Burrow, and yeah. and a two star recruit Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Totally swing swung that, and it had nothing to do with Ed Ogeron. Yeah, and, I, I saw that team play in person, and I've watched football now for almost 35 years, so almost 36 years, and that was the fastest football team I've ever seen, man. That was just talent on talent. And, I, yeah, you don't hire the interim. I think they go after Hugh Freeze. They're 8-2. and two. Virginia Tech has been getting mauled in all their games recently. You know, before the UConn loss, they beat Arkansas. They beat BYU. Um, I, I, yeah, I think Liberty covers the nine and a half point spread. When I took it, I think Liberty wins by at least that, if not double that, man. Virginia Tech's not bad. I don't hate it. Uh, anytime you're playing a power five and you're the bat favored, it's because mm-hmm. both sides are your yeah. side is really good and the other side's really bad. Really bad. I mean, so yeah. You, you uh, take all right. Uh, hit, me with, hit me with your last few pretty quick. Two more. I got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam. Big rivalry game coming up this weekend. It's at Oklahoma State. Big rivalry game. Brett Venables has that defense, ironically, in shambles at Oklahoma. They never really have great defense. He's a defensive guy. Not playing good football. Oklahoma State, when I took it, was a seven and a half point favorite. Dude, I think they went by at least 20 points. It's still two, it's still seven and a half, over under 66 and a half. I think Oklahoma State wins. I mean, easily, man. Easily. Yeah, Oklahoma State's been reeling, too. Mm-hmm. Um, is their quarterback back? I believe so. What's his name? Um, Spencer uh, Sanders? Sanders, kid. Yeah, he's yeah. back. Because that's when their whole season went to the pits. Yeah, uh, I agree. That game against TCU when he got injured. Yeah. Uh, if, he, if he's back, I'm with you. Uh, I don't – point spreads in uh, rivalry <laughs> games. I yeah. If you if you like the favorite, it, I'll speak from experience. If you like Ole Miss in an egg ball game, I'm only comfortable taking the money line because those things get weird. They do get weird. They do get wild. But a seven and a half point favorite, that's a ten point win. I think Oklahoma State's at least a ten point better team. Than All right. And then finally, we'll wrap up real quick. My last pick of the day. I'm going right into your backyard. Um, this really sucks, man. I hate to make this pick. I really do. Um, I hate Ole Miss in every capacity. I hate Arkansas baseball fans. They're kind of the worst bunch of turds, you know. Um, I I agree with you. This is a weird game, man. There's some weird stuff happens in this rivalry, you know. Let me tell you what I'm what I'm thinking right off the bat. In any Ole Miss Arkansas game, take the over. Absolutely. They're stupid. They are drunk, uh, outdoor, uh, Thanksgiving family football level trash football. It Uh it's weird every year. Every year to shoot out. Every year, yeah. I just turn the game off when it's over, and I'm miserable win or loss. 
Yeah. So yeah, I could say a name of Hunter Henry. I know that give you a shiver in your spine. Um, six overtimes. Like weird seven. things happen in this game. Seven overtimes. Weird. I things was there. Happen. Doug Ziegler got got hit on the one yard line. Uh, Eli Manning hit the tight end on the one yard line in the seventh overtime, and he got hit in the back, fell short. So we left Corinth to go watch the Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars play in Nashville. We got some tickets to go to that game. Me, mom, and dad, and Clark. And we left when the game was going on, and we got to our hotel in Nashville and watched the end of the game. <laughs> I was sitting in the stands, and uh, I was there for Hunter Henry. I've never been more upset in my life. Sure. Uh, that game, that seven-overtime game, that was uh, – what was his name? Uh, Matt Jones. Yeah. Madden, Felix yeah. Jones, Peyton Hill. Yeah. I believe that was that team. I know it was Matt Jones. Um, maybe a little early for McFadden. I don't remember. Anyways, mm-hmm. we lost that game, and I looked at mom and dad and said, all right, well, let's just go home. I'm ready. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I'm over it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, this is actually a bonus pick. I got two here. I'm taking the over 65 and a half. I agree. That, like, that's a lot of points. This but game's going to be 56 to 53. 53, absolutely. Yeah. Eight overtimes, Ole Miss wins, and I took them to cover. It's a two-and-a-half-point spread. I think they win by at least a touchdown, you know, eight overtimes and it's like 57-50 Ole Miss win. If, if you really want to dive in deep here, it's around 20 degrees. Our mm-hmm. quarterback's from Southern California. <laughs> um, it's at Reynolds Razorback Stadium, which it's wild is – It's like Arkham Asylum. <laughs> it's wild, man. In Reynolds Razorback Stadium. I'm telling yeah. you, it's hog hats everywhere. And I, I tell you, I went on an official visit to Arkansas, and you walk to a building. Official you know, visit? What are you, in a recruit? <laughs> this was back in the day, man, <laughs> back in the day. They would turn the buildings while you're inside of it. You walk uphill back to your vehicle. It's the wildest thing, man. I've never walked up here uphill <laughs> out of a building like that. So, yeah, that's my picture this week. Hopefully, I'll fail better, fare better than last week, one and four. Um, so, we'll see how that went. Uh, right. Next, I want to kind of introduce a new little segment. Get your thoughts on this, Drew. You know, you and I – are rivals in every single sport. Yeah, I like I, I, if it is, it wasn't for one common denominator. One common denominator would be my worst enemy. <laughs> we don't agree on college football, baseball, or any college sports. Yeah. We don't agree on professional football. It doesn't really matter. Professional baseball, it doesn't matter. Don't agree. The one we agree on are those Bruins from Beale Street, man. How about the Memphis Grizzlies? Man, I tell you what. Thank God for the Grizzlies because I, I got to keep a friend. That's right. Um, I. You know, um, we are Grizzlies homers, and and it's the one sport, you know, I feel like it's huge nationwide, but where I'm at, I don't feel like I have – it's not something I can just talk to folks about at work, you know. No. And the Grizz have had that bug again this year. They've hit that injury bug again, mm-hmm. and yeah. last year you have jaw that's down for – uh, 25, 26 games. 25, they go, yeah. they go, uh, 22 and four, something yeah. like that, without jaw. This year you start with Triple J on the bench because mm-hmm. of a foot injury. Mm-hmm. You make in some games for him to lose. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's great. I think that on the defensive end, especially yeah. his shot's not falling. His shot hadn't fallen since his rookie year. No. Uh, on the defensive end, in his first game back, he had five blocks. He looked incredible. Um, and then the first game he's back, man, 
is the first game of at least two to three weeks that Desmond Bain is going to be out. And Desmond Bain has been absolutely incredible. Yeah. He's shooting over yeah. 40% from three with mm-hmm. around nine attempts per game. That's high volume. That's high mm-hmm. percentage. It's been great. And what it's been great in particular is when Ja goes to the bench. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows with Ja, he's going to go out with a few minutes to go in the first quarter. Yep. He's going to come back with a few minutes into the second quarter. He's going to do the same in the third and fourth. He's going to miss the last few minutes of the third, and he's going to miss the first few minutes of the fourth. Mm-hmm. And that first few minutes of the fourth has been crucial this year because it's the Desmond Bain show. Absolutely. Desmond Bain is handed the keys. Mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks has been told to yeah, the keys, quit fighting over the driver. Stop straight up, straight up ludicrous, right? Yeah. So <laughs> they've handed Des the keys, and he is mm-hmm. he leads the NBA in fourth quarter scoring. Mm-hmm. And that is all because of those three to four minutes. He tip John Tibbet comes in around this uh, seven to eight minute mark in the fourth quarter. Those minutes are the reason why. Desmond leads in the fourth quarter. And if you want to see how evident how that loss is, is mm-hmm. you look back at that Pelicans game. The- we should have won that game so many times, man. And, you know, it goes – a lot of it goes real quick just to add in. L- missing him, I'm sure you're going to talk about this, we just don't have any guard depth. Losing DeAnthony right. Milton while he's not a, like a huge star, those quality minutes are hurting us, right? Right. And they are. And uh, to wrap up, you look at that – we entered the fourth quarter – in a tie game or a one-point game. Uh, one game. I think it was a one-point game. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time Jock came back in, the Pelicans, and that's that's Jaw's typical rest without Desmond on the floor. We got outscored 10-2 to two in that yeah. run. And they were firmly in control. And that two points was a offensive rebound by Brandon Clark and a putback. So it wasn't in the flow of the offense. It wasn't a fast break. It was a missed shot that was cleaned up by Brandon Clark. They've got to figure it out. And the guard depth is a problem with Dez out. Uh, Conchar got the start. Now, I love John Conchar. I think John Conchar does. He's one of those things. My dad says, my dad says, has always said, I do a lot of things pretty well, but I don't do anything great. And that's John Conchar. John Conchar is that guy. You want to, he's going to hit a three for you every once in a while, but he's going to rebound. He's going to hustle. He's, He's got that Melton feel without sure. the without <laughs> the offensive talent, the dynamic offensive talent. And so Melton, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Conchar ended up playing 30-something minutes in that Pelicans game, and C.J. McCollum just killed him. He's always a grizz killer, man. Even when he was in Portland, he is always play. It's like, like if you took – He even tried to kill Conley. Yeah. If you, yeah, right, like physically tried. But if, if you just took C.J. McCollum's games against the Grizzlies, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, he oh, absolutely, absolutely tears us Chris up. Killer. Chris tears Killer. Tears us up, man. Um, um, yeah, you know, when you got Conchar, he's playing uh, – he played 37 minutes. The same oh, my Brooks, goodness. 37 minutes, man. It's just like – and he's four for six from the field. Like, he didn't attempt a ton, but he just wasted space out there. But I tell you, he's really hurting us a lot. And I know he's young. I know he's got a lot of growing to do. I just had not seen a lot of good things out of David Roddy. In his last five games, his plus-minus when he's on the floor are minus 16, minus 24, plus 5-0, and minus 15. 
Well, he's a hard line, man. Let's uh let's put some context with this and let's remember where we are because he's a rookie. Sure. And I now I know he's not a one and done. He's a four year guy like Dylan was. Dylan came in super inefficient, hustled, played defense. As he got more confident and ended up in worse results for the Grizzlies. <laughs> uh, but he's still Dylan leads every year. He's on the top of the team in the top few of plus minus net rating on our team because of that defensive intensity. And I think that's what they love about Roddy. Roddy's problem is that he's only a month into his first NBA season. You remember Zaire last year. Zaire killed this team, and they stuck with him. And and to their credit, this front office has chosen to take their lumps early with these rookies. We're going to take our lumps, and by playoff time, Zaire was key. Sure. And so I'm hold I'm withholding all judgment on Roddy. Go take your lumps. Uh, he's not getting many minutes. Neither is Laravia. Uh, I really expected an uptick in Laravia's minutes with Dez yeah. out. But he is a shooter. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm withholding all judgment because in climbing I trust. I mean, sure. uh, we rooted for those grit and grind Grizzlies where uh, bef- in between Mike Conley and Jaron Jackson Jr., not a single player drafted ever got a second contract. Mm-hmm. That was the team that we cheered for. Right. And now they kill it every time. And they don't sure. just kill the draft, they kill the development. Mm-hmm. And so let these guys take their lumps. Sure. And then let's just move on. So if we're talking post star break, all star break, if David Roddy hadn't made that turn, I fully expect him to, to be on the bench. I mean, I, I think they're smart enough to to know when to cut bait, but I, I believe he'll he will end up having a role. And I'm not saying a big role, but a role. I hope you're right, man. I really do. I haven't seen a ton of him. He looks confused. He looks lost a lot of times on the floor. And while Zaire had some struggles, he never looked lost. He was in the right position. His shots just weren't falling. His defense wasn't quite there. I just feel like David Roddy, and again, you're right. He's he's just a couple months into his first NBA season, but he was a four-year guy at Colorado State. And he just like, it looks like the game is too big for him sometimes. And in big moments, like the other night against the Pelicans, like, he was just – he looked lost. And every time he got the ball, yeah. he tried to get rid of it as quick as he could. He was out of position on defense a lot. And they got a lot of easy, quick buckets. And, and they were able to get in the lane a lot more uh, because he wasn't closing those lanes. So, I, I hope you're right. I think he's got the, the potential. But he just got to – it's got to catch up. He's got to catch yeah, up. And I, I'd really like to see more out of LaRavia. Yeah. I don't know where they slot him in because he's, he's too big for a two-guard and he doesn't really have the handles. But with Dez there, and especially with Ja, the most important thing to have around Ja, it's like LeBron. It's the reason why the Lakers have never figured it out. Mm-hmm. What you need around LeBron are shooters. Yep. And LaRavia is that. Yeah. He is a bucket from beyond, behind the arc. Just let him go, stand out there, and make them respect him from three. You know, he's, um, he, he could pick up those Kyle Anderson minutes that we're missing. You know, Kyle was that guy. He was super – He's the, I was talking about him today. He was the most unathletic, athletic guy I've ever seen. But he could walk into any L.A. fitness in our town right now and just dominate, right? He's yeah. A guy, he just gets these points. Like, he's in the corner. He hits that corner three. He's got the little up and under layup. Like, that's where LaRavia fits. We just got to start getting minutes to see if that's what works. But I, that's the yeah. minutes I can take. And Kyle – we miss Kyle because – in that light, in that job bench lag that we have, 
he was that switchblade. Like yeah. he was that Swiss Army knife that could yeah. carry the ball up. Or if Steve O was in foul trouble, he could play the post. Yeah. If Jaron was injured, whatever, we miss him. And yeah. uh, that that's the right. only like uh, Melton. I loved Melton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melton most of the time withered in the playoffs. But man, he was serviceable. He was good. But I, we miss Kyle more for what he was versatility wise. Yeah. And uh, it's something that they're going to have to figure out. And um, I think Zaire will fix that. I, I yeah. do. I believe Zaire, yeah. before the season, I thought he would take a leap. Mm-hmm. I think Zaire's good. I think mm-hmm. his knee problems, I mean, probably because he's growing, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But I, I think that fixes it. Yeah. But, you know, and then two, like getting tripped back to his normal self. First game back, super rusty, you know, a little sketchy on defense at times. He was aggressive on offense. He took seven threes, 14 shots. You know, he got after a little bit. Plus, minus, minus six. Not awful. Um, but first game back, I'm just like, you know, that's what made me. I, I like that most about last week, man. Like getting him back, getting him some minutes. He looked good. The foot didn't seem to slow him down. Like, He'll get back in the swing, and, and I, I think uh, I think we got a bright future. But, you know, the rumors resurfaced today, and I want to get your thoughts on this really quick. We're tied – we're linked to Kevin Durant again. I just don't see it, man. Uh, I saw his comments. <laughs> Did you see his quotes about uh, we're starting Edmund Sumner and uh, um, who was it? Well, what's the, the shooter? Uh, yeah. Joe Harris. We're starting Joe Harris and – Edmund Sumner and the guy from uh, Nick Claxton mm-hmm. and and me like what do you expect? And yeah. I was like, that's him. And and he said, you know, he said that's the reason why I wanted to trade. Mm-hmm. And that's the most alarming thing that's always been with me for KD. You know, Charles Barkley took KD on last postseason, calling him a bus rider. Yeah, and that's the exact quote. Absolutely. That that shows it now. Let me give you a caveat here. He is he's not the leader of, that can carry that team. He's never yeah. been he's never been the leader that he went and played for Steph's team mm. and Steph Steph let KD get all the accolades. He yeah. did, he got the two finals MVPs. Yeah. He was incredible. Yeah. Uh he can't be the leader. However, if the Grizzlies decided that would be the perfect situation. If Kevin, Dur- if you ask Kevin Durant, because yeah. it is unquestioned who the leader of that team is, yeah. that is John Morant, yeah. and and he loves John Morant, and he will go to war for John Morant. Yeah, and it makes sense. It on paper. The yeah. problem is, what do you give up? Yeah. This team has been built by climbing and by mm-hmm. Taylor Jenkins and by Tayshawn Prince, with a long view in mind. They've always yeah. done that. They've mm-hmm. been very willing to be patient with the young folks and develop them. Are you? Are they going to be willing to part ways? Because you're you're not going to get him for nothing. You're yeah. going to give up draft picks. You're going to give up Jaron Zaire, one or the other, Dylan Brooks. You're going to have to give up key pieces and key yeah. building blocks for the future. For yeah. Kevin Durant, who's in the last three places he's been, has left unhappy. That's my that's the risk you run with Kevin Durant. I'm not saying it's a bad move, and it immediately puts the Grizzlies, who are on top of the top right. two to four teams in the West, uh, by all people who 
want to bother spending time to rank the thing. <laughs> that's yeah. they're up there, and it puts them yeah. at number one. Sure. It does. sure, but it is a chips on the table move, yeah. and I just with seeing how they've built this team. I don't think it happens. Pushing all chips in the middle of the table, man, that just that scares me to death. But that's but, not kind of the mo, you know. I think it, it's a flashy pick. It's great in the short term, but I, yeah, I agree. It would give up too much. Um, I the question is, do you change your answer because you know who has the best war chest that can offer for Kevin Durant? It's the Pelicans. I know. I know. And do you? Does yeah. your answer change if? If the other offer on the table is from New Orleans, <laughs> you know, not, I don't know that you can beat a New Orleans offer. But no, I sure don't want to go to New Orleans either. Yeah. And the other name, the only other name, and I, you know, I know that this is a pipe dream. It always has been for mine, but you know who would be like a good fit on this team? I've always liked him. He's scrappy. He's a hustler. Scores points when you need him. He's a shooter. That's Bradley Beal, man. I like yeah. Bradley Beal. I, 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 I think we're past that. He's got a no trade clause, and for some reason, he seems to be happy in DC. Whatever for whatever reason, but but yeah, I agree. I think Kevin Durant's not going to happen. I, I'd rather have somebody like Bradley Beal, but you know, we've got a we've got a chance. We got Oklahoma City this Friday night, and will play again until the 18th. And, and, and don't sleep on that game. Oklahoma City has been really good. They're scrappy, man. They're young. Um, and, scrappy. and by really good, it's all relative. You know that team. There, there's a trend this year of teams that we all expected to be bad that have mm-hmm. that have been way better than. I mean, we're we're talking yeah. about Wimben Yama here is the number one pick next year, right. and all these teams like Oklahoma City and and Utah are mm-hmm. where everybody's picked to just tank. I mean, Presti yeah. loves nothing more than to tank. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And that and same with Danny Ainge. Mm-hmm. And, can can any of the guys in Oklahoma City can they legally drink yet? No. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so they're, they're... I, I actually I was listening to a podcast, uh, and they were talking about Houston, and Houston is just atrocious, mm-hmm. and they don't have a single player on their team that was born before the year two thousand. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> if that makes you feel old, Rusty was born in nineteen and seventy two. <laughs> Close. <laughs> the, the year of our Lord, nineteen eighty seven. But yeah, so we got a couple games coming up. We got Oklahoma City, Brooklyn this weekend. Then we play uh, play at Brooklyn. We get a chance to see Kevin Durant up close and personal before we play at home against Sacramento. Another shot in New Orleans, man. And I want to win that game on Friday night. Uh, next Friday night, I play in New Orleans. I think that's a game we should have won the other night. I think it'd be a fun game to, to get. Sac- Sacramento's fun. I don't know if you've watched them. I watched them late last night, uh, or what? It may have been two nights ago. Uh, they played uh, Brooklyn and just beat the ever living crap out of them. And uh, the pride of South Haven, uh, of South Haven, Mississippi, former Ole Miss Rebel Terrence Davis went for thirty, while shooting seventy five percent from the field Dang. and seven threes. I mean, just absolute heater off the off the bench for him. Well, listen, you can go watch him for as low as eight dollars per ESPN's uh, ticket prices. So there you go. Is that go in watch. Sacramento? No, it's at home. Oh, at at home. Yeah, Memphis. Listen, uh, don't forget where Memphis is. I love Memphis. Uh, it is still one of the poorest cities in the country, yeah. and it is the way that stadium is built. It has so much mm-hmm. roof space for tickets. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it is. They yeah. have very few tickets down low, and they have a ton of nosebleeds. Yeah, they they built to their audience. They know what they're up against. Blue collar city, blue collar players. They left those those cheap tickets up top, man. But I can remember uh, 
when they first moved to Memphis and they were giving away eight and ten tickets on the radio because nobody would go watch them. <laughs> yeah, you could you could go to the gas station and get a Grizzlies ticket and a ticket for the circus right there at the cash right there at the gas station. Five dollars <laughs> a piece, and you get a hot brother's pizza to go. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's wrap it up. What else you got on the docket? Uh, all right, man, we're going to do this every week. You know, Drew is a sports aficionado, stat machine, knows what's up, knows different sports left and right. So it is time for our world famous, everybody's looking forward to it, in minute 55, Drew Soccer Minute. What you got for me in the world of soccer, Drew? Oh, minute 55? Okay. Well, listen. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> we, we, we all love soccer, right? It's the most beautiful game. It's played on a patch of grass, just like football. It's the uh, English football. I don't know why we don't pay attention. I do have a problem with it, though. So this year, every four years, I don't know if you know, in soccer, they have the World Cup. Mm -hmm. It's the Olympics for soccer. But don't they also have soccer in the Olympics? It seems a little redundant. Do they? I don't know. The point of this segment is not to be correct about my soccer analysis. (laughs) Okay. The point I want to make here is the World Cup starts this week. Did you know that? I didn't. (laughs) It starts with the week of Thanksgiving, the American holiday in which we celebrate the creation and the landing on this continent. Mm. You know, Mm. Christopher Columbus in 1492 landed at Plymouth Rock, slayed a bunch of Indians and ate some corn, and we celebrate this. And in the year of our 2022, as we celebrate our Thanksgiving, our first meal as a country, we send our athletes to Qatar. With a with a rainbow on their chest. <laughs> and we send them to the Middle East to play <laughs> Wales, which I thought was England. Uh, but apparently it's a separate country. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's like if California sent a team in, to play against the United States. I don't know. Um, but in our in our group, we play in Group B. Okay, so I'm assuming there's four teams in each group. We have the United States and Wales, mm-hmm. and we have Iran, mm-hmm. who crowd favorite here in the U.S. We we love the Iranians. Okay? <laughs> they play England, so you've Ooh. got Wales and England playing Ooh. against each other. But I thought they were the same. Mm, so if you could tell me the difference in England and Wales, then I'll buy your next drink. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. So if you we on this podcast, Rusty, I tell him every week, don't bet the unders because if you bet the unders, it's basically like watching soccer because <laughs> it's just dudes running around. <laughs> awesome. So yeah. Very cool, man. Well, listen, great second episode, getting our feet underneath us, you know. Um, Remember, our betting advice is not betting advice. You bet with your head, not your heart. Uh, And as my good buddy Whit, a friend of mine, he has started a sports blog. I told him to give a shout-out tonight, single high sports coverage. Give it a a read online. Uh, He always says, bet uh, bet for fun, uh, not to retire. So uh, keep that in mind as you're making your picks this week. Drew, I enjoyed it, man. ton of fun. Looking forward to talking more Grizz, SEC, and League of Avengers coming up, buddy. All right, man. We will talk soon. Yep. See ya. Bye, Bye guys.